Hey everyone, I'm JJ Hornblast and welcome to Fintech Unfiltered from Bank Innovation, the leading news source on banking and fintech. This is our weekly wrap for what's happening in banking innovation for the week of September 14, 2014. Before we begin, uh, we wanted to thank our advertisers, Blend, Q2E Banking, and Mambu for their support, and we thank them very much for that. I am joined today by Rick Morgan from Bank Innovation. Hey, Rick. And it is uh, Friday, uh, September 18, 2020. This week, there was a threat of a shutdown of the federal government. Schools continue to have problems opening or staying open. Even my son's school went virtual again after one day of classes this week. The oh. Federal Reserve signaled uh, that rates will stay low, will stay near zero, excuse me, for at least three years. Uh, SoftBank continued to sell its assets at remarkable valuations. Peace deals between the state of Israel and two Arab nations were signed this week. And for some reason, a TikTok transaction was still in the news. In banking, we looked at several uh, different trends that were um, in the marketplace. And we're going to start with branch banking. Uh, the, the notion, Rick, that uh, branch banks are dead. Uh, or the, the death of the branch bank has been, has been predicted many a time. Uh, but now a new survey came out saying that uh, really during this pandemic, a sizable shift of Americans have moved over to uh, digital financial services uh, for their, their banking needs. Uh, what are some of the background numbers uh, for, for that study? And, and then uh, what are the specific, which specific technologies found particularly high adoption during this pandemic period? And why do you think that might be the case? Um, so the big number that jumped out to me when, when I looked at the study, which was done by Plaid, the uh, data aggregator, um, it surveyed over 2000 consumers, a lot of which were like not FinTech users too, which I found interesting. Um, anyway, it found that 80% of Americans said they can now ban, uh, bank without going to a branch. Uh, and the big one, obviously, that, that stood out to me was that, you know, mobile banking has taken off a lot. Uh, and we've seen, particularly when talking to banks like Citibank, um, KeyBank, and uh, TD Bank, that they've seen huge adoption with mobile check capture. Um, so that's what really stood out to me in terms of what technology is, is getting the highest adoption. I think that people have just realized that, you know, the days of going to a, a bank branch for a transactional, um, you know, encounter is just no longer necessary. Um, and if they can do it at home, they were sort of forced to do it at home during the pandemic. And now that they realize they can, um, I, I think that's just really taken off. Um, and I don't think that's going to go away after the pandemic ends, whenever that might be. So, I mean, you know, RDC is, has been a, a driver of adoption for many consumers for a while. Mm -hmm. um, but is that kind of enough from a digital link for financial institutions. Um, if payments are becoming more digitized, uh, and we've seen great growth rates at some, some at, at certain mm -hmm. um, payment providers, 
um, you know, what, what is the, is, is, are, are the, are the, the attachments or the connection points between financial institutions and consumers, are they becoming kind of less notable? No, I don't think so. Uh, more embedded or, um, uh, you know, I don't think brand awareness is going down necessarily. And I also don't think that just because people are using mobile to do more transactional um, banking, I don't think that necessarily means that the branch is going away. Uh, Bianca, who's out this week, uh, wrote a story or published a story this week about what a lot of banks are doing with their branches. And it's not that they're getting rid of them necessarily, it's just that they're using them for more um, high value interactions or things that would make you a little bit more nervous. Um, you know, for example, you might be totally comfortable doing everything on, a, on your phone in terms of mobile deposit capture, direct deposit, paying bills, whatever. Um, but for me personally, as an example, if I was ever gonna buy a house, I've never done that before. That's scary to me. I wanna talk to a person. Um, I think that's something that I would still go to a branch for because I wanna talk to a human being and be walked through that process. Um, so I think that these branches are, are not gonna go away and I don't think banks are gonna have less, um, less, of, less touch points with their consumers necessarily. I just think that the branches are gonna be more designed for these um, big picture sort of big life events uh, and be designed more for an advisory role as opposed to day-to-day -day transactions, which obviously can be done through your phone or online now at this point. So these are pandemic numbers. Um, is there a sense for what rate, what share of this adoption might slide back to in-person? Uh, once it's, I don't know, it's hard to say. I mean, a lot of, there was a, a one stat that stood out to me, which was that I think it was 59% of the people they interviewed or they surveyed said that they plan on uh, using, they use one or more, they use way more FinTech apps to handle their finances now than they did in the past. Um, and I think it was 70 something percent or so said that they now find FinTech to be a lifeline. Um, and I think there was a high percentage, over half, I believe, said they can plan to continue to use that. I'd have to double check the exact number, but uh, the overwhelming majority of people in the survey have found fintech and digital to be a lifeline and continue to use that. Um, and will probably continue to use that even after the pandemic subsides. So there were some uh, rankings on customer experience in financial services that came out this week. Mm -hmm. um, and Navy Federal and USAA uh, both earned uh, top rankings in, uh, in their particular categories. Mm -hmm. um, what, what rate, what, what part of, uh, what, how much does digital, did digital um, play a role in those uh, customer experience rankings? Uh, a lot, I mean, um, so Navy Fed and USA, like you said, took the top spots. Um, and the report really harped on the sort of seamless digital processes these two institutions have stood up. They pointed out uh, Navy Federal's home squad mortgage application process, which pretty much um, digitizes the whole mortgage application. Uh, you don't need to send in tax returns. You don't need to send in income statements. Um, you can just upload that all through digital channels. Um, that's powered by a company called Blend, which does a lot of um, digital mortgage application technology. Uh, so that was the big differentiator for, for uh, Navy Federal and for USAA, they talked about the same thing about how, how much um, creating digital touch points really, uh, really makes it easier for their members um, and for their, their customers. So um, 
yeah, it played a big role. And I think that those institutions, because they do focus so heavily on military service members who often have to, uh, you know, go to the field or go deploy in a moment's notice, um, they need to be able to handle their finances quickly online and they might not be anywhere near a bank branch for months at a time. Um, so I think that that focus to create such good and um, thorough digital customer experience has um, made that a priority for them and really set them apart. This, I mean, the blend uh, application or, or technology that Navy used, I mean, is, is, it, is it a key takeaway of this, uh, these CX data, data set, this CX data that um, really it's a third party technology provider that um, is gonna get you to the upper ranks of, of customer experience rankings? Well, they didn't. Uh, so the, honestly, the report itself didn't mention Blend. I just know from doing past stories on Navy Federal that they use Blend. Um, you would have any, I mean, if you just go to Navy Federal's website, you, Blend is white labeled, so you'd have no idea that it's Blend. Um, and the report itself didn't necessarily mention Blend, it just mentioned the product that Blend and Navy Federal launched, which is Home Squad. Uh, so no, there was nothing in the report about, oh, you have to use Blend, you have to use uh, this third party to get you know, to the top of the mountain or whatever. Um, it just was really stressing more the, uh, the, the end result, which is if you can create processes that can be done without having to send in paper and visit the branch all the time, um, that's gonna create customer experience that, that um, exceeds expectations. I, I saw that Discover, Ally, and Charles Schwab all ranked pretty highly. Mm -hmm. Those are, I mean, Ally maybe not, but Charles Schwab and Discover are really specialized financial institutions. For sure, yeah. In way. Um, does that, and, and certainly Navy and USAA have a, a, a particular, they have particular missions. Is it the specialization that makes uh, customer experience uh, exceed expectations? I think that helps. I mean, the, the report doesn't give them that uh, sort of that um, handicap. <laughs> and, and, you know, it doesn't mention that like, oh, they, by the way, these, these uh, three institutions are heavily focused, so they might be more in tune with specific member needs. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Discover being a credit card bank, um, Charles Schwab, I think, just got its banking charter, by the way, this year. I mean, I think they just got that industrial charter through Utah um, pretty recently. Uh, so yeah, they are heavily specialized, and I think that probably does give them some advantage because if you're trying to innovate for a huge swath of the population, it's hard to know what every person is gonna need, and you need to create personalized experiences for a wide variety of people, which is hard to do. You need to probably use more data. Uh, you probably need to have a better you know, holistic view into customers' financial lives, which is not easy to do if you're someone like, let's say, Bank of America that has customers from every demographic you can imagine. Um, that's a harder thing to do, and it relies a lot more on um, using data intelligently to, to understand your customers. Whereas, yeah, maybe a, a bank like Discover, USAA, uh, Credit Union, like maybe Fed or Charles Schwab um, as a financial advisor type bank, you know, they probably might already have that more personalized view and that more uh, deep understanding of their customers just because they have a more specific subset of customers. So Rick, what, uh, what are you looking at next week? Uh, we're taking a look at some new venture. Oh, uh, wait, sorry, forgive me. We forgot no. one area to focus on. 
And so that is uh, the, um, the launch recently by Silicon Valley Bank of Bolster. Yeah. Um, which uh, highlights uh, the few, I mean, the, the, it highlights the advent of uh, incubators, technology into incubators within banks. That's mm -hmm. what Bolster is. Um, you cited two others. I mean, how many are there out there? Uh, there is a fair, I mean, I, I've done just some, you know, this isn't uh, a definitive list, but I've looked it up and I've found at least like a dozen to two dozen uh, incubator or accelerator, you know, venture type programs um, that are housed inside big incumbent banks. Um, and it's an interesting trend because a lot of these incubators are launching platforms that are not necessarily directly tied to financial services. Uh, for example, Silicon Valley Bank uh, with Bolster. Bolster is um, a platform that helps you find executive talent for startups. Um, and then Citibank uh, is part of D10X, which is its own internal incubator program, launched a program called Proximity, uh, which helps you with like proxy voting for, you know, board decisions, et cetera. Um, neither of those are directly financial services, um, which I found interesting uh, because these are coming out of bank incubators. Um, but what the banks will tell you is that, well, even though this isn't necessarily a financial product or a financial platform, it still helps our clients. And at the end of the day, if it's something that can help our clients and set us apart in terms of customer experience for our corporate clients or small businesses, whatever, um, that's still important to us, even if it's not, you know, like a small business loan platform or uh, some new payments capabilities. So it's interesting that, that um, they're sort of going beyond strict financial services. So uh, an executive uh, that runs one of these internal incubators at one of the banks you quoted uh, said the following, if done right, it becomes an asset for the quote, normal operations unquote teams at the parent rather than a distraction to manage. Mm -hmm. But why isn't this, that would imply that it can be a distraction, probably is a distraction at some institutions. That's, that's what they're saying, I don't know. <laughs> um, I mean, banks, banks have not historically incubated technology and you know, to, have, to launch one or two uh, applications doesn't seem like a, a very successful ratio of effort to yield uh, to me, but I, you know, does that, does that, what, what's your sense? Well, I think the distraction comment was more of, uh, is kind of pointing to the fact that if you have these incubators, it, one thing, a common trend that I found is that the incubators do better if they're somewhat set aside from the normal day-to-day -day operations of the bank. Um, you know, you want the big bank guidance and the big bank name, but if you're too, directly involved in that, you know, it's going to slow the incubator down. And yeah, it's going to, if you're constantly bothering people who are trying to do day-to-day -day operations at the bank, um, then yeah, it could probably become a distraction and, and create some friction points. So I think what they're saying is that if it sits somewhat outside the day-to-day -day confines of the bank, um, it's more likely to run better on its own and not become a distraction to the bank. So that's what I kind of took away from, from that comment. Yeah, but then they, they, they fit, you know, then they, they lose out on sort of like the inputs on, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the real, the kind of the, 
real yeah, time what, inputs and you know yeah, what's what's the 20 year banker saying about this product does it even you know it's right, or like what's happening in the market you know and, yeah. and sort of responding to that so it, it cuts both ways mm -hmm. and um you know i i don't know i mean i i just wonder i i certainly would you know it would seem to me just in talking to so many banks over over the years it would seem to me that this is not for every no, I don't, I don't think it is. And I think you're right. It is hard to balance that. Um, and I think it just takes, and maybe it's having never worked in one, obviously, I, I think maybe it's a little bit more um, trial and error. Like, you know, are we too close to the bank? Are we not close enough to the bank? Uh, I think right. it just takes some, uh, you have to perfect the recipe a little bit over time. Right. All right. Now let's talk about next week. How about that, right? Sure. Yeah, sounds good. Um, honestly, next week, we're kind of doing some things that are uh, building off of what we talked about this week. So uh, there's some new venture projects coming out of uh, some big banks like Truist, um, Santander had one, um, and we're, we're uh, BNY Mellon. Um, they're all kind of getting more into the, the venture and accelerator space. So we're gonna see how they're doing it and what their recipe looks like. And if it's different from City and PNC and Silicon Valley and all the banks that we spoke with this week. We're also uh, going to launch a new data set next week. Um, that will, well, we're not going to tell you what it does. And uh, but it will be a, a complement to our emerging fintech directory, which we introduced last week. That was last week, right, Rick? I think so. Yeah, so it was either last week. I think it might have been the week before because last week was built. So I think it was two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Yeah. But if you haven't checked out the emerging fintech directory, you should. And look out for our new data set uh, this coming week. Uh, we certainly want to hear from you at Fintech Unfiltered, so uh, please email us at info at bankinnovation.net and follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn, and of course visit us at bankinnovation.net, and thanks so much for joining us. We enjoyed having you. We'll see you next time. Until then, keep it unfiltered. Bye, everyone.